This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Thanks for joining WABC today. Great to be with you. And you know what? It's been a year, so I'm almost beyond new. <laughs> that is true. And so you've done an amazing job. You're one of the top governors in America, so congratulations on what you've done so far. Thank you. Um, we call this series Four Questions, so I'm going to ask you four very tough questions, and uh, we'll just speed through these, and um, I'm going to start with this. Number one, how do you turn a blue state red? You, you first determine that you need to turn it. And one of, the, one of the things that happened was Virginians came together and said they'd had enough of the left liberal policies that had really taken Virginia to a place nobody recognized her. And Virginians came together, not Republicans against Democrats. Second of all, we laid out a clear plan, a clear plan that said these are the things we're going to change. We're going to lower taxes. We're going to support law enforcement. We're going to fix education. We're going to make government work for you and not tell you what to do all the time. And then they hired us. And then we went to work and did that. And I am so pleased that we've been able to get everything moving that was on our campaign agenda. And we're seeing Virginians, as a result, see success. We're seeing businesses come. We're seeing jobs grow. We're seeing the cost of living settle down. We got $4 billion of tax cuts done. We have another $3.6 billion surplus on top of the $4 billion. We're seeing education all of a sudden focused on students and parents and not the unions and bureaucrats. I mean, this is, I think, what, what change is about, and I'm really, really pleased to be in the middle of it. Number two, you did amazingly well with Hispanic voters, and I've always maintained that for Republicans to be a successful party, we need to win a majority of Hispanic voters. They're culturally conservative. They're the hardest working people you're ever going to find. They have family values. Uh, sometimes we haven't really reached out to Hispanics as a party is the way we should, but you did amazingly well. So what advice would you give to other Republicans in terms of how to win over the hearts and minds of these incredibly talented and hardworking Hispanic families? Engage. <laughs> Go see them. Spend time you, and listen. I engage thoroughly. Do you speak Spanish? No. No, un, un poquito. I know. <laughs> All right. Un poquito. But what we did was we, we, we went and sat down and listened with with uh, with the Hispanic and Latino community all over Virginia. And what we, of course, found was two amazing things. One, from a philosophy standpoint, faith, family, hard work, uh, conservative values, we were hugely aligned. And the second thing we found is Republicans never came and asked for their support and said that we will represent you, too. That's what we did. And we want a majority of the Latino vote in Virginia. Uh, third question is um, something you get asked a lot. How do how does the power Republican Party at this point deal with Donald J. Trump? As you know, I worked for Donald Trump. I was one of his economists. I think he was a great president, in my opinion, but he, in many ways, he was his own worst enemy. Um, many people want to move into a new era for the party, but Trump still has enormous support with a lot of the blue-collar voters that Republicans need. So what is your kind of advice about how the party moves forward with Trump? I mean, you had a great line you used to use when we were 
I was watching on the campaign. He said, I have the Trumpers, I have the number Trumpers. And yeah. I, that's something we need to That's what we have to do. Right? We, we have to work together. Right. And the reality of national politics is that it looks a lot like Virginia politics. <laughs> you know, so we, have, we, have, we have a state that um, was historically red and became purple and then became really blue. And what we found, of course, is that the idea of losing again was overwhelmingly compelling for people. We must win. And what we worked to do was to bring people together, never Trumpers and forever Trumpers, in the same room, never been in the same room. We can do that. We can do this because it's 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 about leadership, and that's what we have to do. And we found that it wasn't all of a sudden between Republicans and Democrats. It became Virginians standing up for what's right and Americans are ready to stand up for what's right. We just have to hold everybody together and not have part of uh, politics that divides us. We actually have to find the political lane that unites us. I agree. Uh, and this is, uh, we've got uh, 30 seconds left. Who are the two or three or four people that have really influenced your life, not in terms of your, you know, your upbringing, but in politics, who are the people that have had an, whether historical or still living, that you look at as kind of role models? Well, I'm a Virginian, but and remember, an easy remember who right? all came from Virginia. Right. You look at our founding fathers right. and what they stood for, and you particularly, you know, start with George Washington and, and his recognition that leadership means you don't fall in love with leading. You, you <laughs> in fact right. work for the people. Okay. George Washington. And then, who else? And then we deal with, with then we have. Patrick Henry, who stood up and said that we are not going to have a constitution without a Bill of Rights, and we're going to stand up for individual freedoms, and, and a constitution is hollow without protecting individual rights. And you have Thomas Jefferson, who understood that with James Madison, with James Madison, that we have to have a government that is made up of equal and separate and branches. More recently, who would you say is a role model? Well, I was I was a, a teenager in my young twenties during during, uh, during the Reagan right. years. And I watched how Ronald Reagan united our nation around the future and what America could be, the shining city on the hill, and the fact that he brought people that are on opposite sides together. And it's time for that in America. Perfect. Governor, uh, much success for your future. And uh, whether you uh, – by the way, will you please, please get this tax cut done? I'm working. Okay. I'm working. We got $4 billion done last year. I talked to Henry Cudlow. And we're going down for another bill. And there he says, tell the governor to get the, ta- the corporate tax cut done. We are working. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. W-A-B-C. This is More Money with economist Steve Moore. Now, Steve Moore. Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. 